you heard the words of James spoken this morning by uh, Hannah as she read our, our verse and as we look to uh, continue uh, to walk through the book of James. But before we get there, a little riddle for you. The number will range anywhere from 7,000 to 10,000 daily. What am I? Words? Daniel, do you speak that much? No. No, you speak that much? What was someone else with this? Steps? Unless you have to sit down and then 7,000 could be hard. You know, that the goal would be 7,000 to 10,000 steps. They say that's probably pretty good. But kind of the answer is words spoken per day. Now think about it. Now for some of you, um, or for some like myself and, and teachers, 10,000 isn't probably close to enough. Those professions normally speak close to 14,000 or more a day. Now also think back uh, how many of those 7,000, 10,000, or 14,000 are intentional? Or are they just words that come out? Now this isn't also taking into consideration any text messaging or social media posts. These are just literal words spoken. But if you start to add in your other words, the, the written words, what would that reveal? Or what wouldn't it reveal? See, James is going to hit us pretty hard again as we kind of finish up what can be seen as in chapter 1, the introduction for the rest of the book. He's going to go on to say more things about everything we've talked about so far. But we must remember that words are power. Words can give life. Words can take life. With a word, you can feel love. And in the next word, you can feel rejected. There are many people in this world that words are even more powerful than others. You know, some people... You, you can say anything to them and, and, and they either have thick skin, as we might say, or they, it really just doesn't go far. And then there are some where the, the word of disappointment goes deep, quick. And it's no wonder that we need to hear the words again and again of James 1, where he kind of says uh, this, and this is my own little translation, so don't mean it's anything better, it's just kind of how I see it this morning. Know and consider intently my beloved ones. All should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to come in. Slow to speak. How amazing would that be? How hard that is, though, in every kind of way. Our world is fixed around having that quick sound bite or being able to say something to the latest current event that has happened or not happened. What would it be like 
if we allowed our readers to digest something before we asked them, what do you think ought to happen next? What would we do if we allowed ourselves to stop and maybe take some time to discern what is going on instead of having to respond right away to the latest thing to happen right in front of us? But our world isn't necessarily that way, is it? And it's becoming increasingly more difficult in our culture to be able to say, just let me think about this. No one wants someone who thinks about the answer, they want the answer. We're in a, in a world that wants, uh, wants everyone to speak about the latest thing. And it's difficult. But here we have to read again the words of James. And I take some comfort in these words. It's the fact that we aren't the only ones who've ever had to deal with this issue. We are not the first church or culture that has had to deal with Christians who speak before maybe they ought to speak or get angry in ways that maybe aren't helpful. I mean, James knew nothing about social media. James knew nothing about a 24-hour news cycle. But James knew a whole lot about what it meant to live out the words of Christ. And so here's, to some extent, the, the main point of today that everything I think, hopefully, you'll see the connection or the thread. We need to, quote, unquote, hear the word of truth in a lot. Hear, though, isn't what we think of hearing. Hearing is just, we think of just whatever happens with our ears. James and all of Scripture have more to say about it than that. But do you believe that the words that come from Scripture need to be heard? Do you believe that even when they're hard, there's something about them that is important? See, in the Gospel of John, there came a time where Jesus, uh, somewhat fitting for uh, communion, he said, I am the bread of life. And then he talked about how unless you eat me and, 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 and all this, that you have no words. He, he wasn't talking about cannibalism, okay? But he's talking about digesting what he says in his commands and then living them out. You know, every time we eat, there is always a response. You know that? We don't just consume food. Our bodies don't just consume food for no reason. We need that to function, to do something. And I think that's very similar. And, and at that time, a pivotal moment in the life of Jesus, we read that many of those who followed him went away because they said, this is too hard. Maybe that's another word of encouragement in, in the days that we come to find. We aren't the first stage of church or of a cultural movement where people wonder who really were the followers of Jesus. Who really are the Christians. Maybe there's some that uh, we can call it many different things, depending on your church mission. Have they fallen away? Were they ever believers? Uh, you know, and, and that's a great discussion for another time. But listen to the words of Simon Peter. Simon Peter answered Jesus in that moment when he said, Do you too want to leave? Simon Peter said to him, speaking for all of them, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of 
of eternal life. Now, I'm not sure Peter, in fact, I'm certain Peter didn't really know exactly everything he was uttering there, which is, once again, maybe some encouragement for you and I. We don't always have to know exactly what we're saying when we say it, but he had this idea, look, there's no one else I'd rather go to. This is hard. I don't get everything you're saying, but I'm going to stay put because you have words of life. Life as we are meant to live. See, we need to regain this. James is trying to get us to regain this. He's trying to get us to realize that the words of life are something that we must listen to and hear, but the problem is we speak more than we listen. We don't always mean this. A lot of times we're really good at, 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 at we think listening, but we speak a whole lot more. We don't take the time to sit and really hear what is being said. A lot of times we, we listen to reply. And what I mean by that is we, we listen just so we can get back out what we want to get back out. And sometimes that's necessary. But rarely do we seek to understand. And uh, in, in our elementary school, they're, they're learning what it means to be uh, a habit of highly effective people by Steve Covey. Now, not all of those are maybe one-on-one <clears throat> -on -one understandings of the teachings of Jesus, but I think Jesus understood this <clears throat> principle in the idea of seek first to understand, and then what, Josiah? <clears throat> See, they got it. You know, seek first to understand, then to be understood. But how many times do we want to make sure that we're heard first? Where we want to make sure they hear what we have to say first. We want to be understood before we are willing to try to understand. And so the first action item, but, but the sermon title is Ready, Set, I could have put go, but I've already said action as if this is a movie theater. Because you can rehearse all we want. We'll get to this. We can rehearse all we want on Sunday mornings. But the movie isn't shot just in rehearsal. The movie is shot when the director says action. And so our first action to this week, listen to understand, not to respond. Not to reply. This is known as active listening. This is known as being present with whoever is around you. This is hard work. Because you may hear things you don't want to hear. You may want to get right to the <clears throat> nuts and bolts. You may want to get right to, this is what you ought to do. And there's a time and a place for that. But you may be surprised, as, as I am most weeks. I just had someone this week mentioned about how unhelpful another setting was for them because they were just kind of told what to do. And they were treated without, as in their words, a criminal, without being heard. Doesn't mean I agree with what they do, but it means well, there's a difference. To sit and to be present and to listen. How well do you do that? How well are you going to try to do that? truly hear what is being 
said, or are you just speaking? Are you just getting what out, what's out? Just to get what is in, out. Are you really hearing what is said in words, but also in non-words? What is being said? That is very, very difficult. We'll get to a little bit of what it means about justice, but sometimes my concern about some of our conservative Christian acts of justice is we are trying to impose upon someone else what we think they ought to do without listening to where they are to know what to do. And sometimes, though, if we really listen to what, what we would hear, we would realize that what people want and what they need or what we think they need, what they want, are the same thing. I love one of the ministries up in Trevor City. I forget uh, which one it was. But they had a motto of, we want to give a hand up, not a hand out. But I can tell you, giving a hand up is much harder work than giving a hand out. That doesn't mean, as James will tell us in just a few, or hopefully a few, that, that we don't give and do good things. But if we would sit to hear what people need. For one of, one of the things they heard up there, okay, and I think it's probably true around here, but I haven't figured out how to do this yet, or even if we are to do this yet, but they found out that people could you go and use food pantries, but they didn't know how to cook. So they have all this food, which we think is a great thing, but they don't know what to do with it. So if someone doesn't know what to do with the food, giving them more food really isn't helpful. It's not hearing their need. They may be saying, well, I'm hungry. I don't have food on the table. And if we're just listening to respond and reply, we're going to give them more food. Well, what they need to know is, what do I do with this stuff? Like, how do I make a crock pot meal? I mean, you realize that most people in the world aren't Baptists. They don't know the meaning of casserole. Okay? We Baptists understand this. But most people, go make a casserole. A what? What is that? How, or how do I know if my fresh broccoli is even done? We think people know this. But they don't know this. For instance, do you know how long if a recipe says to cook for one hour, if you put it in a crock pot, how long it takes? Not an hour, but if you don't know how to transpose that, you won't. By the way, if it's about an hour, you're, you're looking at about six hours of crock pot, just FYI. You know, with that, whoa, now you know what to, you know, that makes a difference. But we need to start to listen to understand not just to respond. And see, if we can start to do that, then we're not going to have as much problem with this next thing that James is talking about where he says this, for human anger does not achieve God's righteousness or God's purpose. Some translation, uh, anger does not, uh, what do they say, does not uh, produce the righteousness of God. This isn't the righteousness scripture sometimes talk about as our status with Christ. That's not it. But he's talking about the righteousness of what pleases God or God's final justice. 
We're really good at being mad. I think I said this quite a few weeks ago now. We live in a world of rage, anger. And anger is seen as, as a good thing, and sometimes it can be. But we as the people of God need to see that human anger does not achieve what we'd like to think it does. True justice. Can I get to you after service? You want to ask me the question afterwards? Write it down and ask me afterwards. How's that? Alright. Then we'll talk. Alright? You can come up here and we'll talk. Alright? It's Arabella. Aubrey. Kind of close. Sorry. I apologize. You know, sometimes in our anger at injustice, where am I? In our anger at injustice, we substitute one injustice for another. This can be some of my this is some of my concern with what is sometimes known as social justice. I believe in that. I believe Jesus would tell us some things about that. But we can't, in our anger at injustice, create another injustice. We must leave room for God's righteousness. We must be more about pleasing what is pleasing to God and trying to be his instruments of justice on us. This is hard work. When you see what is going on. Now Jesus got angry. I understand that. He cleansed the temple. I get that. But can we just be honest that even though Jesus was fully human, we aren't Jesus. Okay? And sometimes we try to justify our anger when, as God's anger, when really we just need to see it as our anger, our issue. But it doesn't mean we just sit by. James isn't saying that. But what he's saying is make sure you're leaving room for God's wrath. You can pray for it. God pray for it. You can work for it. He says the, the pure religion that we'll get to, that is undefiled in the sight of God and our Father, who's also our Father, is this to look after orphans and widows. But we can do that without showing our fits of rages in the process. So, what is action step number two? Humbly accept the word. You gotta realize you need it. Interesting enough, the words he says, the word that is implanted in you that can save your soul. Well, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because he's writing to believers, right? How how do they need to save their souls again? What is he talking about here? Well, I believe we need to understand that at, at, at every point in time, every week, we need to ask ourselves, to some extent, in my opinion today, of, of the parable of the soils found in, in Luke and, and I believe Mark and maybe also Matthew, where there's different soils that the Word of God is planted into. Which soil are we? Are we above the thorns because life is starting to try to choke us out? Are, are, we, in the, are we in the path? What are we willing to do? But we must uh, allow a seed to grow. See, here's what I know. I, I've learned a lot from Martin, from uh, Leland and our other farmers here. I know this. They're not, they're not supposed to uh, go out into the fields and start to let the, 
do the work the seed is to do for itself, right? You can't uncover it and say, come on, buddy, just start. You can't take that little stalk of wheat and pull it up. It ain't going to work, is it? Art's laughing at me. Why not, Art? It's not, why is it going to work? They won't know what to do. Part of what the seed has to do is persevere up through the soil to do what it was meant to do. We, as believers of that, or if you are going to become a believer in Christ, you must do the hard work of not just letting the seed sit in the soil. That's the easy work of being a Christian in some extent. But to persevere and let it do the work to cultivate the soil around it and to work it out. Here's uh, my definition of salvation, or at least one way of thinking about it. Salvation is a past decision with present-day ramifications which will extend into the future. Okay? I want to maybe bring this up. There's a point where we can say, quote, unquote, I've been saved. For me, it was in November of 1994 at a youth retreat. Woodland Altars, which is in the um, Preble County area. It used to be Boy Scout Camp. I think it's gone now. Okay? But, I, but it doesn't matter if I made a past decision if nothing has changed today. But it, that decision that I made had ramification for every single day after that. Or it should. But to some extent, I'm not completely saved this day. I'm not as I will be. There is a work that must be done and a work that will be completed again in glory when Jesus says, I make all things new. It's a present. There it's going to extend out into the future. This is why eternal life isn't just something in the future, but it is something that starts today and goes through eternity. See, many times, especially in our Baptist circles, I, I think it's correct thinking. I think it's correct, quote unquote, theology. We have this idea of once saved, always saved, right? You know? And once you are in Christ, you are secure. We, we take that out of a passage in John and others. But see, sometimes then we think that that just means we don't have to worry about doing anything. And all of Scripture would disagree. In fact, if you wanted to even go as far back as into the Old Testament, just because the nation of Israel was the chosen people of God didn't mean they got to act any way they wanted. They were given other things. They were to be different in how they lived. This is why the prophets, time and time again, had really harsh things to say to the nation. Because they thought that their status of God's people and they could do whatever they want. God would be okay with it. Paul, the New Testament, Jesus would say, if you hear my word and do not do my word, you are not my disciple. Then we are saved by grace and grace alone. James would say it. That's why he says, it's been implanted in you. That's why he goes on uh, to, to talk about how uh, if you look intently at this perfect law that's been given, the law of Christ that's been given to you, you will be blessed. So, what do I think? Action step number three. Do the word of God. 
salvation. Don't just believe in salvation. Don't just believe in the word of God. That's important. But do the word of God. And what does he say that is? Verse 21. Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. Be different. Don't just listen to the word and so deceive your heart into thinking that just because you hear and you believe everything is okay. Do the work. What is there? I love that parable that he that, that James gives. It's like anyone who intently gazes into the mirror. I mean, we're not talking a quick glance. Most people, first century Jew, probably didn't have a mirror as we know. Okay? But but what he's saying here is not just if you just quickly take a look around, but if you intently gaze at your existence and then walk away and forget what you look like, something's wrong. Alright? And he's saying that's the same way if you hear it, but don't do anything. We have these ideas that in, in education, I think they're pretty good, that people learn differently. You know, they learn from hearing, audibly, they learn visual, seeing it, you know. Um, they learn by reading, which is a form of visual, but it's different than just visual and hearing, you know. And then there's this idea of uh, learning by doing. Now, I've yet to read any educator that would say you only learn one way. You learn, to some extent, by audibles. You have a preference. But if all you do is learn and never do that, I mean, Josiah, if you learned everything to know about multiplication and never actually used it, what good is that? It's not. It's not, is it? That's what James is saying. You can learn all you want about Scripture, about the Word of God, about who Jesus is, and if you don't do anything with it, it's useless. So we must do the Word of God. This leads, though, to another issue, another problem about religious acts and behavior. We can look the part. We can go to church on Sunday and look the part. But he goes on to say, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight brain on their tongue deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Correlation by how we speak. What was wrong with the Pharisees wasn't wasn't always their 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 thought of the law, but it was the idea that their religious acts is what mattered. So they looked the part, but on the inside they were not the part. This isn't about Christianity. Is about just adding good works to your plates and think you're okay. The says, get rid of, put off. The old self, as Eliana read this morning, based out of 2 Corinthians, but really found elsewhere. You can look the part, but if you don't actually have a heart that is different, it doesn't matter. Here's, here's how the, uh, the, the prophet Micah said, He has shown you, or mortal, or human, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act Justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. You can't be just and merciful and humble in just appearance. It won't work that way. 
See, Micah was coming against a nation that was doing all the right things, they thought. They burnt offerings. They, they, they set the ball every day. They did all the works that Micah is coming against, as does many others. It's not about the religious acts that happen. It doesn't matter if you come to church on Sunday and act like nothing changed Monday. I know people like that. I probably, I know I've been like that. What matters is also what you do Monday through Saturday. It doesn't matter if you come here on, on Wednesday mornings and, and you pray and you get a Bible study and then you treat the cashier later that day and the next day as if they don't matter. That kind of religion is, as James would say, worthless. But what do we do instead? Action number four. Submit to God and humbly do his work. Not to be known. This is where Jesus said, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. When you pray, go in this closet and pray. When you give, don't, don't announce it. Don't let that, that, well, we don't have it here, but don't let the money kind of claim so everyone goes, wow, look what Kathy gave today. That must be a whole lot of money. You know? You just do it. Whether it's whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. But if you do it so people see it, that's not humbly doing his work. Humbly doing his work is we don't deserve to even be doing his work, but he has called us to. Because of his grace and his love, I can do something for Jesus. Not because I deserve it. By his power, we do it. Here's what Jeremiah would say. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. Okay. Is that not a is that not the pressures of the world? You know? Uh, let everybody know what your doctrine is in or not in. Let them know what your knowledge is, how strong you are. I mean, we're coming up to the time in Columbus, it's the world's strongman competition. You'll never see me there, because that would be You know? <laughs> You know, but I bet I could pick you up at 10 o'clock at night if you be. You know? Yeah. But the rich boast of their riches. See, this, remember, this is what God is saying to the nation of Israel, to the people of God. It's not just a struggle out there, but sometimes there's a struggle right here. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have understanding to know me. That I am the Lord who exercise kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For these I delight, declares the Lord. If we're going to boast, can we, can we boast about the character of God? See, this is why he would go on to, to say in James, religion that our God our Father sets is pure and faultless or without stain is this. Look out for after the orphans and widows and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. He wasn't just singling out widows and orphans. There's a principle here. The principle is found in Deuteronomy chapter 10 where he says uh, this, For the Lord your God, he, uh, Deuteronomy 10, 17 and 18, For the Lord your God is the God of God, the Lord of lords, the great God, the mighty and awesome one who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. 
Here is the heart of God. He defends the case of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. You know, God's heart is to look at those whose society will naturally push to the side and down and out. Who are they typically? The orphans and the widows. But also the immigrants among us. Those who don't have a certain status among us, the uneducated maybe. He's not looking at just two specifics. We can't just check off of have we sponsored a, an orphan somewhere else and have we visited someone who doesn't have any? That, that's part of it. But who are the fringe among your community, our community? They're easy to just push on. So we can focus on those who we think they focus on. Who are we not showing compassion, love, and mercy to? Who would we rather just not even see? See, because the heart of God is about compassion, a love, a grace. And he calls us to do the same. So I challenge you with the words of James. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do it. So, ready, set, go. And to all preaching and teaching of the commands I have given you, to love the Lord your God, the letter of heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Go to this table of God that we're getting ready to in just uh, one or two minutes to come to. This table of love, but this isn't a table that we just hold to ourselves and hoard it and act like it's something we deserve. It is a table that demands we do something about it. We don't just come and sit at the table and receive all of this and then not do anything with it. We come to this table because we realize we need this table. So this table is for anyone who's willing to say, I need the Lord today. Yet I hope we've made a past decision of quote-unquote salvation at some point in time. I hope that's been the case. If not, today is the day of salvation. All you've got to say is, Lord Jesus, I've counted the cost and I'm in for you. I don't know what that may mean, but I'm going to rely on your spirit to get me through. This is, this is for you. But then, as we will pray over an offering, we must go and love. Love one another as Christ has loved us. Love our neighbor as ourselves. So as I pray, will those who are coming to uh, serve this time come and serve? So let us pray. Father God, we come.